We are live, baby! Welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody. Definitely just woke my son up. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us today. Uh, we are live. It is Thursday night. We are so glad that you are here with us because we're going to be talking about all the latest rumors, news, everything going on in a galaxy far, far away. But where are we now? We are in the Resistance base. And if you're watching right now live, that means you are here with us. And with me in the base as well is Lacey and James. Uh, what is going on, you two? What, what are we doing here? Another live show. Three weeks in a row. We're capping off our trilogy. So this is the return of the Jedi of our live trilogy, which means we're going to have little space bears running around about halfway through this thing. And hopefully no encounters with giant slugs. Or anything like that. But other than that, how how are you, how are you two doing? What's going on? You happen to be live talking Star Wars tonight, or what? Yeah, I love live shows. It's become uh, something I look forward to every week outside of just recording because we get to engage with you guys, which is yeah. always super fun. It's my favorite part. It's a party. Something <laughs> new, something new, something different. Um, I mean, we've yeah. we've kind of been toying around with these, but um, it's been fun. Um, kind of making it a little more regular. Who knows if you know how permanent it is? But we've been enjoying it. We're we're testing it out. We're seeing how it's going, and uh, it has been fun. It has been interesting, and I especially love Ask the Resistance because I feel like it really just kind of is a little more freeing than you know knowing the question. Mm -hmm. It's fun and impulsive. Yeah, it's a little whose line is it anyway? Because we don't know what's coming, and then we have to <laughs> we have to um, yeah, get our I'm like <laughs> our props out, <laughs> like, right, do, yeah, doing yeah. weird things and stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, so before we get into stuff here, uh, thanks everyone again for joining us. If you are joining us live and you're on Twitter or wherever you have social media, uh, share the episode that we have posted via our tweets on Star Wars Newsnet or RBATSWNN. Retweet it, quote tweet it, tell everyone to get inside the base by clicking the link. Uh, of course, if you don't mind taking a second, hitting like on the video if you're watching and I'll leave a comment. Uh, obviously, if you're in the live chat, you're chatting away with everybody and make sure you get your questions ready for later in the show and we'll get you featured up on the show here. First question of, course, of the night, has James been lifting? James. <laughs> Clearly. Bro. Yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. We have uh, the super chat option available too, if you would like to support us that way as well. Um, obviously not required. Um, so we want to say quickly, our friends at jewelrybrands.shop, they have amazing items uh, for jewelry and other collectibles that you can fashionably wear or put out there yeah. in Star Wars, Marvel, DC, but you're Star Wars fans. So get your Star Wars stuff there. If you want to check out stuff at jewelrybrands.shop, use TRB at checkout for 10% off. Um, and before we get into the resistance report, just want to toss a little thing out there, kind of tease this a little bit. Uh, a little intriguing, minor bit of information I heard about the progress of Make Solo 2 Happen. If you want to rep that, go to teespring.com slash make solo 2 happen pin. Or, of course, you can get the shirt as well, teespring.com slash make solo 2 happen. Um, but anyway, uh, I was told... And this comes from inside the walls over there at Lucasfilm, this information. Uh, I was told by somebody who said the information comes from someone in an above senior level position. The department will not be disclosed because we're not going to do that here. <laughs> However, the information is makes a little to happen is talked about. It is working. And. Uh, you can see my phone, right? 
I, this is Bob Iger who was texting me. No, I'm kidding. But uh, the information is, I was told there have been discussions happening about bringing Alden back as Han Solo, involving them reaching out to him. So that is the latest info I have for mm. you. Again, like I said, it's minor. There's nothing big there. We're not talking about, oh, that means the show's in development or anything like that. But it does appear that um, people are in contact and they're tossing around the idea. And I was told that Make Solo 2 Happen is certainly a thing that they have their finger on the pulse about. They are aware of it. We kind of have known that for a while. James talked to Michelle Regwan mm-hmm. at uh, the presser for Rise of Skywalker. So we kind of knew that. But the fact that it's being circulated around and it is actually being talked about as something that is viable among fandom is a huge thing. And all of you out there are a big part of that. And you probably have an idea of what we have planned uh, from our end this year, but stay tuned for some things about that going forward in the future of make solo Two happen, which hopefully one day we don't have to talk about anymore because hopefully they do it. Right guys. So, well, yeah. Christian's kicking us off with super chats with, of course I will super chat hashtag make solo Two happen. Thank you, Christian for the super chat. That is big news, John. Also, David following it up with, I can't stay still in paper writing mode. I wanted to come by and show my love for the TRB family. Hashtag makes me to happen. Thank you, David, so much. John. And we we all know about that, too, because David is one of our generals in our Patreon and stuff. He's chatting about what's going on in his life and stuff. So we're all well aware of what he's always working on. So so good on you. And Keep, keep it up, David. And watch our episode on Monday because right. David is David is going to appear on the show. He's got a Absolutely. couple friends too. Yeah, yeah. Johnny, so, of yeah, course I'll give I the need. chat a shout out. You guys are killing it <laughs> every week in the chat. Don't worry, I see it. That's why I'm looking to the side all the time and not at these beautiful guys in front of me. And if your name is if your name is Johnny, then for the record, let's show that Lacey called this beautiful. By the way, you're uh, welcome. If your I'm name feeling is Johnny, nice today. you're okay, my book. Yeah, yeah. So Lacey, you're a little you're a little fired up about that minor bit of nugget of news. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about this a little bit off air because we're just so excited that any type we get any little tidbit, we're just like, yes. Uh, My thoughts are it makes no sense why they wouldn't make a solo. Like oftentimes you look at something from a business perspective and you're like, why wouldn't you make this? And I find that many people that that jump into my mentions are like, well, solo didn't make any money. And my response to that is that. They had a lot of production stuff that played into that and marketing stuff that played into that. So you can't judge that because there are tons of like the top 10 movies of all time that didn't do well at the box office. So I think the box office thing needs to die down a little bit. Mm. That being said, there's no negatives of making solo. Like nothing's going to nothing bad will happen if they they make another solo or a solo series, which is why I prefer is a solo series, which we've said from the beginning, by the way, I think people usually jump to, hey, what about a series instead of just absolutely that's what we want. That's more solo adventures. And and I'll say this, you know, the person I I personally talked to um, received it from someone else who works inside the walls, Mm -hmm. who is Mm -hmm. a higher level person than they are. And um, this person had previously told me stuff that wound up coming true. And, uh, you yes. know, like it, big it, details that have come true. Yeah. So and, and this is a conversation. So if they are reaching out to Alden, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the fact that uh, they are 
reaching out to him and they're staying in contact and discussions are being made about a possibility of this thing is only a good thing. And the fact that it is being recognized that make solo two happen is viable and they are, they're aware of it in all aspects throughout the uh, company is also a good thing, especially because, you know, there's a lot of hashtags and people try to start hashtags all the time. And a lot of times it's, you know, the self-serving thing. And a lot of times it, it, it carries a negative connotation with it. Make Solo 2 Happen never has. And the reason is it's because it, although it says make Solo 2 Happen, it's just the simplicity of the hashtag. It's not a demand by any stretch. We made that clear. It's just us letting... It's a celebration that, of loving It's us it. letting them know that we love Solo and we would love to see more Solo and it deserved a better a better rap. Uh, so mm -hmm. James, uh, you, uh, before we get into resistance report, your, your thoughts on this sort of thing, obviously, like I said, it is minor news from our perspective. We're not trying to blow it up bigger than it is. Uh, just mm -hmm. this cool little tangible nugget that we, uh, have received. That is, a, uh, not a bad sign, not necessarily a great sign, but it's something good. Mm -hmm. Uh, you might have to repeat some of it. The only thing I heard was that, uh, we got to make, make solo to happen day this year, a big deal. Yes. Yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah, but for sure. And uh, no, I, I know just because because I think it's I, th I think it's exactly what you were saying. I think it's uh, a good thing to happen around the, the the movement and stuff like that. I think for a long time, um, people like to point figures at, at them not listening to fans and stuff. But I think there's clear evidence that, you know, give and take here in these you know, specific situations. Yes, they did. They they looked at the fans. They looked at the fan castings. They listened to the rumors. Um, and what people wanted. And I, I don't think they're they're not listening. And I, I think there's a lot going for Solo uh, behind the scenes as far as the people who made it and, and just kind of the things they ran into. Um, they have faith in in the product, I, I believe. I, I would like to believe. And this is cool to hear, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, you know, there, there's plenty of people who've been involved. And, you know, we're going to talk about as we get closer to uh, the next, you know, Make Solo 2 Happen event day or whatever we want to call that. Um, you know, there's public people who work there who are, have no problem saying that they would love to see more solo. Uh, yeah. Hal Hickle had tweeted about it. Uh, you know, Stephen Stanton was on our show talking John about it. John Powell, he, yeah. John Powell, the composer of Uses solo, is not shy. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, Rob Bradeau, the big chief over there at ILM, has very often used Make Solo to happen and talked about it a lot. So. Um, and you know, we've had conversations in private. I know Lacey and I did of, of some people who were pretty significant over there who said they would love to see a solo series and, and that sort of thing. So it's not always up to the people who work there. It's sometimes it's a little bigger and obviously Disney needs to, to get involved there, but keep, keep doing it because Disney now more than ever needs its fans mm -hmm. because they're hurting and they, they probably more than ever will have their ear to the ground and listen. Yep. So mm -hmm. don't give up. Don't, this is not the time to let up. Now is the time to really put our foot on the gas, and that's our little spiel about makes a little too happen. But now, James, let's um, let's get the party started here in the resistance report because we have some interesting stories that we gotta give our yeah. takes on, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So getting started here, let's move into it. Um. Actually, it's funny because like we didn't really consider that. It's not something that we've written up of the site, but there is a rumor that's floating around that we felt that we wanted to kind of address on the show. And that is the, the rumor that, uh, Mina Masood, uh, is the front runner to play live action Ed Ezra Bridger. Um, that of course comes from, uh, the Kessel Run transmissions. I don't know how people are invested in the leaks and the rumors and stuff like that, but they, they, they kind of made a big deal. They put up their, their show and they said, Hey, we're going to give you some information that we have. They say, 
He is, in fact, the front runner to pray, play Ezra in the Ahsoka series. Um, nothing's been signed yet, but there's a verbal agreement for sure. These are the their quotes. Um, there were three other actors in the conversation, but um, he is the current choice, and he is likely going to sign soon. Um, all part of this rumor here. And uh, the last thing is that not only is it like a one-source thing, but they have... Um, not even a two source thing, but they, they refer to it as several sources um, have said this. So it, yeah. it, it several is, is usually they, three. Yeah. Three. Uh, oh, yeah. Or more or more. So, yes. So that'd be like, <laughs> yeah. No. Seven, I think, because it rhymes <laughs> sort of. Um, no, Damn. but uh, the thing is with this is that uh, they have run. Um, they've run stuff before. That has been true. Um, and they've run stuff before or they've said that, you know, they're not going to run leaks like this anymore or, or big things, but they felt confident enough with this one again, uh, to move <laughs> forward with it. So <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown for Ezra. I like that. Um, oh, Kyle. So, nice. so let's get into it for a second. Again, it's just a rumors. It's nothing officially announced or anything like that. But, uh, John, let's get started with you on this one. What do you think about, uh, Mina Masood playing Ezra Bridger, uh, for Ahsoka? Um, yeah, it is Masood Masoud. I think it's Masoud. I'm not sure. Masoud. I don't know. Um, I, I hate it. Uh, first of all, I do not like this. Sam. I am. I do not like it in, uh, in a can. I don't know how the rest of that book goes. I haven't read in a long time, but what I do know is, and this is not saying these guys are wrong or this is not going to be true. He may very well end up being cast as Ezra. Uh, all, all I'm saying is off the bat, I don't like it because, you know, I was kind of pulling for Taylor Gray to get the job. Um, and he was a regular actor before, like being Ezra Bridger was his first voice acting thing. So he actually had to become a voice actor and learn how to do that being Ezra. So it was the opposite of what people think sometimes where you have the Ashley Eckstein situation where she was the voice actor. She never really did a lot of live action. So we could see that not happening where with him, he was an actor, main live action actor. And having talked to him on the podcast and how much he said he would love to do it, he feels like Ezra, he is Ezra and Ezra is him. Uh, he, him talking to Filoni when he came about, like, dude, I, you know, I'm not really a voice actor, so is this eventually going to become a live action thing? Like, all these things he told us on our podcast. And, you know, one other thing, too, you, you know, the worst part of it was you had people... Um, making accusations that Taylor Gray being Ezra would be whitewashing a character and he had to like go on Twitter and correct people that he's half Filipino and like people need to chill with that stuff like if you don't know what someone is like just shut your mouth just knock it off be, be careful um, but yeah th this whole thing I, I just and nothing against me and Masoud I thought he was really good in Aladdin uh, I like that movie I thought I thought he's he's a talented guy he seems like a really nice guy and sounds like you know he had tweeted like he would love to be in Star Wars one day and, and that sort of thing and that's fine I just my heart's with with Taylor Gray on this and I really hope he is the one who gets the role so um, I don't know the, the only thing that I find interesting about the rumor and how they put it out and maybe it's just because when they did their video it was it was a very casual environment and how they put it out so I don't know if they weren't as careful with how they chose their words, but in saying he's the front runner, but then also at the same time saying that there's a deal and a verbal agreement. So like saying someone's the front runner, there, there's no front runner. If there's a deal, he just, he, that's the deal. Like mm -hmm. when you say verbal mm -hmm. agreement, you're just handing stuff off to the lawyers. They're presenting two different scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have the deal and there's a verbal agreement 
for sure, as they said, that means it's just we're, we're having the lawyers and the agents and stuff handle the litigation aspect of it. It's just going to be a contract for a, a three series of blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, shake hand verbal agreement means he's got the gig. It's not he's the front runner. So that, that part is a little confusing to me. Um, but I, you yeah, know, he either I, has it or he doesn't. He's either yeah, in I mean, the running or he has the part. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I believe they're leaning towards more saying he is the guy, but it's not official yet. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I don't know, but the fact that they're saying it came from several sources and I've, I've seen other people say that they, you know, Oh, we've heard this too. And you know, that happens a lot where people like to piggyback off of people's scoops. Um, but the only thing that has me scratching my head is none of the trades jumped on it yet. And um, I don't know, you know, if that's a sign, but you know, with our Obi-Wan Kenobi story trades didn't jump on that till a few months after. So maybe in a few months we'll see it. It's like I said, it's very possible. This is legit. I'm not saying these guys are wrong. I'm just saying I don't like it because I want Taylor Gray to play Ezra. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. I don't know what you guys think about it. Lizzie. I, okay. So here's what I think. I think, uh, I, I like what you guys are saying in the chat that it's basically space Aladdin. That made me laugh. Uh, not out loud because we're doing a podcast, but internally I laughed. Um, yeah, I think that it, the pick itself of him in front of me looks good on paper and it makes sense. And you're like, oh, okay. Like if they announced that, I'd be like, that makes sense. But I don't want it to happen because I really like Taylor Gray. And I think that Taylor Gray not only is Ezra <laughs> in Rebels, but he also is Ezra as like a person and talking with him. He knows Ezra in and out. He's been a part of the process of Ezra kind of growing as a character. He's talking to Dave Filoni all the time. He mentioned on our podcast, he's been to the volume. Like he's been there. And mm-hmm. he talked about doing lightsaber practice with a real light, like actually fighting with a lightsaber. Um, which again, if there were classes near me, I'd probably take it too. But for him, it's a little different. You hear that and you're like, hmm, why is he doing that outside of just that's really awesome? Um, I don't see why they wouldn't go with Taylor Gray just because he is a good actor and he was a screen actor before he was a voice actor. And I think people often forget that. So that's why Taylor brought it up first thing when he was on our podcast is he yeah. said, look, I was this before a voice actor. So was uh, Tia Sakar. Tia Sakar. Right. She was also a screen actor before a voice actor. Um, And he made that really clear. And he, I think he brought it up a couple times, kind of like threw it into the conversation just to reiterate where he was coming from. Cause I think oftentimes he probably gets hit with that of like, oh, he's just a voice actor. And that's not the case. Yeah. Um, I really want to see Taylor get a chance at this role. If he gets a chance and someone else is a better fit, uh, that makes sense. And Dave Filoni and John Favreau are going to make the right choice of who that character is. But I'm hoping that if Mina does get the role, he at least got a chance to play Ezra. Like, I don't want it to be another Ashley Eckstein where we hear that she never even got a chance to play the role. Yeah. And he, that he said that on our podcast. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people who are, if you're watching us live now, you're probably a big fan of our podcast, which we appreciate. You probably did already mm-hmm. see our interview with mm-hmm. Taylor Gray. And he kind of said, like, when we pitched it to him, we said, like, what do you think about the Raul Coley rumors? He's like, ah, you know, I haven't really paid attention much to that. I do pop in if I'm tagged on Twitter and stuff, but he's like, let's have an audition, bring it on, let's do it. 
So, you know, him putting that out there, I agree with Lacey. I don't think at the very least Taylor Gray doesn't find out about this via this sort of thing. He would be like told Facebook. like, yeah. listen, man, like Dave would call him or go visit him and say like, here's the deal. So James, I don't know where you're at with this thing. The other thing too, um, really quick is that I'm blanking right now what I was going to say. Never mind. Go ahead, James. <laughs> <laughs> My mind just went really blank. Quick. Really quick. Literally, yeah. really that quick. I yeah. really forgot what I was going to say. Um, I mean, this oh, is hard. I remember. I remember. Okay. <laughs> This this whole casting was a fan casting about a year, year and a half ago. Like people were throwing this a name around as a yeah. fan choice. So it doesn't surprise me that this guy has come back up again. And I'm not saying that it's not true or anything, but it's just interesting that oftentimes these leaks and rumors and stuff like that come from where they originate as a fan casting. Go ahead, James. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Yeah, I, I don't know too much about the fan casting thing because like I'm sure somebody has probably pointed to a lot of famous people at some point, you know what I mean? And been That's like, what I'm saying. Ask sure. this person. And it's I'm like, just saying this is a very specific actor that came up. It's not like everyone says Robert Denny Jr. is going to be every single character, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I guess that's true. But a lot of people have pointed to different versions. I mean, I think if you were to look at this list and you were to say there's a, there's a couple that they're picking from um, who are in the running, you know, um, sure. I bet somebody has said so-and-so needs to play that character. I bet all three of them have been can All four of them have been fan cast at some point. Um, and I don't doubt at all that Taylor is in that conversation. Whereas I know it feels unfair about the Ashley Eckstein thing, but I actually, I, I feel I wasn't surprised that she wasn't considered, <laughs> mm. be, but I would be surprised if Taylor wasn't considered. I think there's yeah. a lot more go and you discussed it, um, John, but like, I think he has a lot more going for him in this particular uh, case. Um, and, but, but I will say this, I will say this, look at the end of the day, if this ends up being true, it's a good pick. I, I think he's, he, I mean, even Taylor himself, I know Taylor. We interviewed Taylor. We had a conversation with him on air and privately about this situation. And yeah, I'm pulling for him. I want him to get the role and I think it would be good. I think it would be a great thing. But I think even him himself would be like, I lost the guy who was Aladdin. It's like a, <laughs> a, a billion dollar movie. You right. know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it kind of makes sense. Like I understand you know, he, um, Mina, that is, hasn't been in a ton of stuff, but the one thing that he was in does give him a lot of clout to the, the, the faith that somebody else put into him. And it's not like he bombed the role. I wouldn't say he, he is now getting gig after gig. Obviously he's not, he's complained about that. He obviously also is not like a big takeaway from the movie because we focused a lot on Will Smith and I think a lot of people learned Naomi Scott from that movie. They're like, Oh, this is a new actress. She did really Naomi good. Scott's who was the other yeah. guy? I don't remember yeah. the other guy. Who was the guy who played Aladdin? I saw yeah. this report and I showed it to somebody and I said, Oh yep. Uh, it's this person. And I could not pull the name. I know if it would have said <laughs> the guy who played Aladdin or uh, pull, pull the face is what I mean to say. If it would have said the guy who played Aladdin, I would have been like, oh, I know who they're talking about. But the, but his name is not a household name at this point. However, all that being said, if this is the cast, I think this is a get. Yeah. Double I actually, drawstring yeah. backpack. 
I bought that for Lacey for Christmas after she wanted it so badly. Isn't it? Isn't um, it funny? Isn't it funny that that Steve from Full House was the voice of Aladdin? That is really funny. Can I get into a super chat really quick? Absolutely. Armando, what up? Thanks for the super chat. He said, "Hey guys, my wife and I are huge Star Wars slash TRB fans. Thank you, Armando. We named our baby Cassian. Oh, I love that. That's what uh, I wanted to name to- Bennett." Oh, we listen uh, to TRB for a laugh during a challenging time he spent in the NICU. Oh, oh man. I hope everything well, turned out all, all right. But thank you yeah, for well, uh, keeping us kind of part of your family. That's really cute. I really love yeah, that. Okay. And I love that name. I might steal it sometime in life. <laughs> I, I, I suggested, well, man. yeah, I suggested Cassian at one point and Rachel was like, no, um, I don't know. She, <laughs> no. Just, she said no. <laughs> But here's what's funny is Bennett's middle name, Alexander, Alex Andor. It's in hey. there. Oh, <laughs> it's nice. in there. It is. All he right. snuck it in there. Um, Thanks, Armando. So, thank you, Armando. Yeah, as yes. far as I understand it, the four actors that were being considered for Ezra were Taylor Gray, Mina Mus- Musaud, Raul Coley, and Steve Buscemi. So it was up to it was down to those four actors. Uh, which are obvious and, fan castings right away. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, I was leaning towards Buscemi, but you know, you know, you don't you don't always get what you want, like Mick Jagger mm-hmm. said. Um the question is if Mina Musaud Musaud, I'm sorry, Musaud or Musaud? I think it's Musaud. If he is cast, did he wish for it? That's the only thing I'm curious about. Oh my gosh. His uh, fourth wish. Uh, I hate you. <laughs> All right, guys, Next let's move story. on. <laughs> <laughs> all right um that's terrible john um all right so no, let's talk everybody. a little bit about let's good night everybody <laughs> let's talk a little bit about daisy ridley um saying never say never right to returning to star wars um she is doing interviews right now for her upcoming movie um and she was doing an interview specifically with movie web and uh movie being chaos walking you might as well promote it a little bit um, but she was doing the interview with uh, Movie Web, and they asked her specifically, "Are you? Do you have any plans? Do you want to come back? Do you want to re- revisit the character?" And she said, "I'm always open to a revisit, but um, but also the beautiful thing is, it's this wonderful, huge universe with all these stories that have yet to be told. So in a way, she said, "Yes, I would be down. I'd like to do it." But also, she very heavily alluded to the fact that it's probably not going to be for a while. Um, and I imagine that probably comes with conversations of them saying, you know, uh, very reminiscent of George Lucas saying, would you like to return in 30 years or something like that to Mark Hamill? Um, I don't know that it'll be 30 years, but I imagine they said we would like to revisit the Ray character down the line, but um, we'll let you and Ryan Johnson know when we're ready. <laughs> um no uh but i don't know what do do you guys think about this Lacey? do you want to get started uh what are your thoughts on her comments here and the possibility of daisy ridley returning sometime soon or not for a while well first of all johnny says that i should call my at at armando done armando you are now the name of my at at congratulations all right all terrain armando vehicle report back with how your wife feels (laughs) That I've dedicated. <laughs> my, my ad I said you. vehicle. I meant transport. All terrain, <laughs> armorando, transport. Uh, I love Daisy Ridley. I'm a really, really big fan of her. She's looked fabulous at all these press 
things. She always does, but she's looked really, really nice. Uh, she's gorgeous. Anyway, to the point of the story. The point of the story is that I would love to see Daisy Ridley in a Star Wars movie again. I don't know if that's going to be immediately because she's got other stuff going on. I mean, Chaos Walking got delayed and delayed by her and Tom Holland because he was in Spider-Man and she was in Star Wars and they couldn't get their schedules to fit. Um, I think that Disney's going to hold off a little bit on having her come back, but I definitely think she will come back in the future. Although it's very interesting that her tune has kind of changed recently. It used to be like, no, I think her story's good where it is. And then in this, these past few uh, interviews this week and last week, it's been like, oh, I'd love to, but I don't think they're exploring that right now, which means mm-hmm. to me that either conversations have happened or something has made her a little bit more interested in playing Ray. Um, and it's hard not to be excited about Star Star Wars right now with The Mandalorian, which she has said that she's seen. She saw Baby Yoda and Grogu and everything. Um, I, I really hope she comes back. And I really hope Hasbro officially announces that yellow lightsaber sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John, what do you think about Daisy Ridley? Yeah, I, current state. Yeah, Daisy seems to be the one who they want to kind of rally around for the future of the saga and you could still call that episode nine the you know conclusion of the skywalker saga and continue on yeah um with with, with ray and and bring back the evergreen characters like chewy r2 3po and you know uh, all the other characters we met uh in the sequel trilogy who are new for that trilogy but you know her more than john and way more than oscar and non-existently, Adam Driver, who I don't think has mentioned Star Wars once since this movie came out, Episode Nine, um, she seems to be the one most open in her vocalization about playing Ray and that sort of thing in the future. And I think I would not shock me if there was already discussions behind the scenes between uh, Kathleen Kennedy and her representatives or her herself. Um, they probably want to keep her kind of in the loop and, and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and you know, if you kind of try to tackle through read between the lines of her words here, she kind of says in a way, there's other stories to be told right now. And, you know, never say never, I would, you know, Mm -hmm. I'd be interested in returning. And I, I I think it's silly to think that she won't return because you have a 26, 27 year old actress who is now your main lead. Uh, and just go to Galaxy's Edge, you know, in, in a you know post-pandemic world, or if it's open now, I don't know. I'm apparently never going, so that's cool. But <laughs> yeah, look at the five-year-old and 10-year-old girls walking around dressed as Ray. They're the future um, fans of this franchise. And, you know, the boys too. But I'm saying uh, this character means a lot to a lot of little kids who are going to be the 25-year-old, 30-year-old bloggers in 10, 15 years you know, and say they revisit Ray in 10 years or so, they're going to be the ones really amping up the return of this character. Cause look at how the prequels were treated when they came out. Hayden Christensen was annihilated. And now look at the love affair. When this guy comes back around to celebration and everyone wants a photo with the guy, they're bringing him mm-hmm. back for Kenobi to play Darth Vader. He's signing uh, jars of sand, you know, just really busy. Is he really? Did that happen? Yeah. Yes, that did. He, he oh, he be, did. He I must be like, was... just a, no, no. Someone brought a jar of sand and had him sign it. That's pretty funny. But, <laughs> it, you know, it, if people remember what that was like for 
uh, Ahmed Best, Hayden Christensen, Jake Lloyd when the prequels came out, and even George Lucas. I don't think George Lucas is still over the treatment he received from the prequels, to be honest with you. The, I think these movies have been treated better now. Believe it or not, for people who think it's a warfare over this trilogy, the prequels were really annihilated by a lot of fans. And uh, only time will treat this trilogy better as people separate it from individual entities and look at it more as there's that trilogy and that's that story. And it was always that story and that there it is. And, uh, and that same goes for this character, Ray. And, you know, say they bring back Daisy in 10 years and not wait 40, 30, 40 years when she's old, which is maybe one of the mistakes they made with the sequel trilogy is waiting a little too long for uh, Harrison, Carrie and Mark. She could come back in her late 30s and still be top of her game, doing her thing, having already done other work for a decade or so. And it seems like just like an obvious thing to me to the point where I will be shocked if we don't see any more of her. You don't start off this new adventure with this new lightsaber and say, I'm Ray Skywalker. I'm taking over this mantle and carrying on this legacy and cauterize it there. It's just not going to happen. And people who think, oh, she'll come back in a Disney Plus series. I don't think so. I think she's going to be the one that they're going to really rally yeah. around to don't create Disney the next. Me. The don't Disney plus me. <laughs> not that she would be against it or anything like that. And yeah. that, Oscar said that, that. And then a, he took a Marvel series right after. I was like, mm. <laughs> Bo- Boyega is the one who said don't Disney plus. I know, me. but he agreed yeah. with him. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. He <laughs> said, I'm pushing my chips in. I'm out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But D- Daisy's the one they're really going to rally around and really build up as the future. And it's going to be that big return that we're going to feel when we see promos with Chewie, R2, C3PO, you know, Rose, all these other characters coming back, Jana, blah, 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 the Falcon, of course. And it's going to be wrapped around Ray as the central uh, point. And it's, uh, I, I already look forward to it, but I don't mind it being uh, ways away. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. interesting because, like, I, I think everything that you're saying is right. And I think for the first time, they'll probably pull the trigger sooner than the 30 year thing. Um, so in this particular case, like, okay, so you had Obi Wan and he was old and he passed away in the first one. And, um, you know, he just kind of became a spiritual mentor and they they, they didn't, but they similarly kind of did Luke where he was not he wasn't necessarily like fighting, you know, and, 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 and in the battle, you still potentially could have this being the older Jedi who is passing the torch to new people, yet they're still there and they're still the master and they're still around. Um, yeah, uh, almost a little bit more like a Qui-Gon again. I know he died in the first one, but and I don't think they would kill off Daisy. But um, the only thing that uh, sends me down a little rabbit hole here is like I'm, I'm not really sure how they would involve her character over the course of, say, like a trilogy and then not have Finn and Poe. Like, does she just go like, oh, man, this crazy thing is happening and I'm not going to call my closest friends? You know, I, I, I feel like it's weird. But I mean, in a way, like Han didn't even really want to call Leia. Like they wrote that into the story that there were issues. Um, um, but they came back around and I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Um, and that's not to say that those two people won't show up. Um, they might come in for the first one. Um, maybe they're the characters that do get killed off in the first one and they just write that into the story. And then Daisy, you know, Ray continues on without them fighting for their, their vengeance or something. But that, this is a, this is a weird, almost fan fictiony version of the story. And, and I'm not sure it really works. <laughs> and, you know, I see, I see the comments a lot and I saw Danny's comment 
um, about possibly it being Ryan taking over and to, you know starting the new story with Ray. I think there's a zero percent chance of that happening. If Ryan Johnson's trilogy still happens, it is going to be like he said, his own blank his canvas, own thing, which, yeah. which I which I think he deserves, and I think the fans need because doing anything that remotely once again ties Ryan Johnson to anything that came before is a recipe for disaster. So I think he deserves the blank canvas and so do fans and see, let Ryan create his work. Like, like kind of like look at knives out started from nothing blank piece of paper. He created this amazing movie. If he's coming back and he's going to do his star Wars, it has to be something new. So and I, I, do, I do understand, you know, the, the possibility there, but it's gotta be the clean mm-hmm. slate for me. Um, all right, anything to add uh, there? Do you guys want to start talking about uh, a little bit Mandalorian, Tamara Morrison stuff? Daisy Ridley, if you're on social media, come on the show. Bye. Yeah. Actually, I said <laughs> Mandalorian, and we're actually more specifically going to be talking about the book of Boba Fett. Uh, in enduring, I just, during... I just, I just like how this guy says Boba. Boba. He does yeah. say really, really fun. Um, yeah. In the pandemic. So, uh, you know, there was a recent interview with Tamara Morrison and he was talking about being on set, working during the pandemic and also uh, happened to just be in his gym and was kind of showing us the the process and and the weights and everything that was going on um, there. Um, I think the general takeaway from this is just people people like him. (laughs) He's a positive person. He's a good uh, face to have here in Star Wars. Um, Lacey, do you have any comments on um, his interview? And 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 I don't know what what you thought. Is it my turn or is it John's turn? It does not matter. I don't know. It's we anybody's turn. Make Solo hey, 2 hey. happen thing at the beginning and it just threw <laughs> yeah. everything off. I don't no, know. I just don't want to go out of turn. Um, I really liked this interview. I think he's so wonderful and I'm so excited for him to get to play this character again. Um you know, I recently just rewatched all the prequels and he he is good in the prequels. I enjoyed him being all the clones. So I, I I think he's done things for Boba Fett and the Mandalorian that have redeemed that character for me. Because for a long time, I thought he died a chump's death and was not a cool character. And he mm-hmm. made him cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really my favorite part of the article, which is probably like not the important part, but I took away from it, is that him and Robert Rodriguez started a band. and i really really like that and that's strum strum troopers yeah yeah and he's just it's you know we say this all the time on this show it's so fun when you see actors and people involved in star wars that are excited to be a part of it that want to be there that care about their roles that care about their part in the galaxy and you could tell he's just giving it his all. He takes this so seriously. He loves this character. He wants to be there. And I am just wishing all the success for him in Book of Boba Fett and what's to come after, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. John, any thoughts? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like piggybacking off of what Lacey just said in terms of you know liking Tamara Morrison, who I like how they call him Tim. Um, he is clearly living this new found joy coming back to a franchise for being an actor who's you know probably more popular in New Zealand than he is here uh he is getting the star treatment on a big Disney production and at you know 59 60 years old he probably never would have imagined that that would happen and he kind of alluded to that he's like yeah I'm doing the big action stuff now probably something I should have been doing 30 years ago but here Mm. we are 
And you, you just you can't not like this guy. And it just adds more to the aspect of Fett Demption that we're all going through here. Um, whether we were always Boba Fett fans, like a lot of people, a Todd's of the world, or like me, who was not a big fan of Boba Fett, uh, Fett Demption is real. It is happening. And it's uh, really exciting. But the couple of things that I do like, one, New Zealand. I think I need to move there because all the... <laughs> All those reporters seem like they were the happiest people in the world. Uh, it seems like such a, an awesome place to be. So I at least got to go there and maybe I don't come back. I don't know. Tell your other thing. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing is, you know, they're filming this in L.A. Um, it, it's clearly following the formula of Mandalorian. I wouldn't be shocked if they're on the exact same soundstage as the Mandalorian. Uh, they obviously have the Jabba set there somewhere, which I got to get on to. Uh, and they're doing Kenobi there in LA too. So right now the only production happening in the UK is Andor, which has massive physical sets. So Mm -hmm. if patterns are anything, and I know Disney likes to save money and people like Disney likes to save money. They're Disney. They're a giant, massive company. Even when things were going really well, they liked pinching pennies for productions. It's just how things are. They like Mm -hmm. reusing digital assets and they like reusing sets where they can. They like doing anything they can from a production standpoint to curb costs. And uh, if, if a pattern is anything, and I think Disney does like patterns, you have your three main shows here who are doing a lot of stagecraft, volume-based filming, and then you have Andor with massive sets over here in, in the UK uh, doing the almost like prequel-looking style set of filming. Mm-hmm. And you have to wonder if they're splitting them up for certain reasons and, and why that may be. Now, the rumor mm-hmm. was that the Andor set is um contracted for three years does that mean they're going to get three seasons of andor and the reason why they're doing boba fett and kenobi on the mandalorian set is because those are limited series and like mm-hmm. all right well we don't need to build big turnover that's those. a good point let's, i didn't think about that let's turn those over so maybe yeah. when we start hearing about limited series like lando uh i think ahsoka is also considered a limited series i think i think the lando one was called a special event series i think the ahsoka one's also supposed to be a limited series wouldn't shock me if we see those then filming uh, in LA using the stagecraft and not needing the big giant stage uh, um, physical set production. So that was one another thing that caught my eye. And then just, mm-hmm. you know, again, Tamir Morrison just seems like such a cool dude. Um, he does super chill, super funny. Yeah. I'm simmering. I'm simmering now. Yeah, John, all, <laughs> all I was going to say pop off is that you mentioned New Zealand and it reminded me of something that I was going to say in the first story. Um, about the uh, the front runner and and they're they're signing a deal or something like that um, because I have a friend uh, a, a close friend of mine who uh, grew up in New Zealand um, his Ooh. name's Jackson he actually runs a clothing company now Key Street if you guys want to check it out um, great work but uh, the fun story is is that he uh, he's from New Zealand and he designed a shirt for my band and that's how I met him. But he originally, before he was into that type of stuff, he was an actor and he was on a TV show in New Zealand that was very successful. And he was kind of famous from that. And he did he he did an audition to be William Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. The oldest brother (laughs) from the Chronicles of Narnia. And um, he was really he was like this close. He was like number two. Um, But then it turns out they actually picked him. He signed the contract. He did the deal. And then after that was all said and done, they hired the other kids that would be his siblings. And they thought that the other, the second place person looked more like a brother to the kids they, they picked. So they 
yanked the deal and he never ended up be, becoming that person, which is crazy because then I would have never known him. Right. Yeah. Um, so kind of a crazy story, but it kind of, uh, what I wanted to say earlier was that it, it kind of ties in with that. Like it can be a handshake deal. It could even be ink, ink to paper and still not happen. Uh, if the right people, um, make different decisions and pull things around. And, and you know what I mean? We we've heard that a couple of times that people were like locked, they get on an airplane and when they land, they're not locked anymore. And so it's, I don't know, it's pretty crazy sometimes how quickly Hollywood can change. Um, yeah. Um, to, to Christian's comment there for our audio listeners, he wrote, didn't London build a large stagecraft stagecraft volume two? I thought Kathleen Kennedy said they were building three new volume locations. I believe they are. There are also, there's also that massive new Pinewood undertaking happening mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the UK. And there's probably a lot that's going to be going on there in the future. Um, and I think Australia is another venture that they're looking to explore again, because I know Marvel does stuff in Australia. Um, which is very f- probably familiar for a lot of uh, prequel Star Wars prequel fans that did a lot of work in Sydney. Um, but I, as I'm just saying, like as of now, in terms of the stuff that they have existing that we know exists, it looks like LA. It's either LA for the stagecraft and and physical with Andor in the UK. But yeah, yeah, I agree. They are going to be building more of those things. Um, yep. Uh, really quick before we move on to the next thing, I just want to say too that uh, Jackson is also a proud member of the 501st. So another reason to go check out. Uh, um, all right. Let's talk a little bit about um, John Favreau. Uh, he recently was doing something for AFI, which AFI is the uh, American Film Institution. Um, he was talking a lot about uh, his roles. Uh, his directing roles in uh, the first chapter of the second season and also a little bit about uh, the visual effects and what goes into um, bringing everything together, specifically even also the the rescue, the, the final episode of season two where Luke Skywalker returned. It was a, a very interesting video. Um, John, I want to start with you on that one. What were your thoughts on this? I know you're the, you're the big John Favreau fan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, th- this feels like for the average fan who doesn't watch Disney Gallery or isn't the diehard Star Wars nerd who likes the behind-the-scenes documentary stuff like the three of us and everyone in this chat right now and everyone watching and listening to this podcast. This is the you. every yeah, this is the every person version. Hey, look what we're doing over here, AFI, and look why this is why we feel our show deserves mm. this. And you had Favreau introduce himself as the producer of The Mandalorian. He wears a lot of crowns for that show, but he says, I'm the producer of The Mandalorian. And him kind of talking about stuff that uh, we talked about with uh, Hal Hickel, which we're going to have that interview out hopefully sometime soon for you guys. Um, Just talking about, you know, creating that crate dragon and how they did on location shooting and they did uh, plate effects as opposed to doing the stagecraft for that because of the sunlight and that sort of thing. And I found that very interesting. And uh, one thing I did also find surprising was Favreau saying he's skeptical of uh, digital effects and he, he likes to be able to use physical things as much as he can when he can. Uh, But kind of finding his way to the new age of visual effects, obviously his show is the, and him saying that is I think a tongue in cheek thing, because look what he's helped craft with, the volume yeah. and, and everything like that. Good so pun. I think that's that's almost him being a little humble in a way, like not giving himself enough credit. Um, but, you know, the thing that really stood out to me most is you can see his connection to Star Wars 
from a familial sense. And I, you know, I'm getting a little emotional thinking about it too, because he looked like he was getting a little misty eyed talking about his father taking him to go see Star Wars when he was a little kid. And how John was so enamored with the spectacle of it because kids just are more visual than cerebral. And when you take in a movie, he probably still views the first Star Wars like through the lenses of him as a 10 year old. And he said his dad recognized all the story beats from old legends and myths and stories and Westerns and that sort of thing. And he has since combined those now that he's in his, you know, his fifties and an older guy. And I just love that he has a one hand firmly grasped to the root of star Wars with the help of Dave Filoni, of course, who worked under George Lucas. So I love that a lot. And then I know, I'm sure I know what Lacey wants to get into in terms of uh, preservation of certain things not coming to light. But uh, that really hit home for me, him talking about his familial and history growing up at Star Wars and how his father saw it one way, he saw it another. And he kind of like put those together. Just I hope he just keeps on making Star Wars, man, because he just gets it. And I've always been a big Favreau fan. So the fact that he's in Star Wars now is just gravy for me. I uh, love it. Yeah. Yeah, Lacey, John kind of set you up there, so I'll ask you the obvious question. Do you remember that band AFI? They were kind of weird. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, I do. But before I get into my answer, I am going to do this super chat from Frank Grande, which, again, I love Ariana Grande every time. Frank. Thank you, Frank. Uh, thank you for the super chat. He says, I know we won't see Han in the book of Boba Fett, but I wonder if Chewie is on the table to cameo and fight just so Boba can get some type of closure for knocking him into the pit in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> What do you think, John? Do you think know. Chewie will show up in Book of Boba Fett? I don't, I don't think so, only because uh, I feel like it's going to be a limited series of three or four episodes, and they want to pack as much punch as they can without any distractions. I think mm-hmm. if you're going to get familiar presence, it's going to be in the, Bo- in the Boba, in the Bounty Hunter <laughs> realm. Uh, and because um, you know they've talked about Bosk a lot, and he was very near showing up in solo and being the mall character, I could see Bosk all of a sudden coming up and being reused because they love repurposing ideas that they don't uh, and use initially. Yeah. I think other you bounty know, hunters will show up. I don't think we'll see Han and Chewie because it's you know what, later down the line. You know, it's oh, going to be said weird. Down the line. <laughs> um, is when they inevitably use Bosk and he talks and everybody's like, Bosk doesn't talk. <laughs> and everybody just <laughs> yeah. and all these other Star Wars fans are like, yeah, he does. And it's like, uh, <laughs> like movie know? fans are like, I don't know yeah. about this. This is weird. I never <laughs> boss, boss showed up with like a nice pedicure and he didn't have his like long toenails. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um going back to John Favreau though. Sure. So I love this stuff when they talk about how they made things come to live on screen. It's ha- what I went to school for back in the day and it's what made me fall in love with star wars and filmmaking in general so it was really cool to hear john favreau talk about the process uh i loved where he mentioned a dolly zoom love me a good dolly zoom he talked about jaws like that really specific shot that's like kind of the shot that they show you in film school where they're like this is a dolly zoom so i loved that he said that um i loved the process of making the crate dragon and him talking about how many people went into it how much work goes into the pre-production with visual effects supervisors and the call out to how hard it is to to work on sand, which we mm-hmm. again, hopefully you guys see it soon. Fingers crossed our Hal interview. We go into it about the the sand oh, and how that yeah. works. 
Um, so coming soon. Uh, but for him to call that out is really cool. And then I liked how he talked about Luke Skywalker, which they de-aged Mark Hamill, which I love. And I know people have their uh, criticisms of how it came out in the show. I loved it. I loved it from the moment he showed up. I loved how it looked. I loved everything about it. And I, and the fact that it is Mark Hamill makes it that much more special to me personally. Um, I wore a Luke shirt and I didn't even realize I was going to go on a rant like this. Um, other than that, the one thing that really stood out to me, which I'm sure stood out to everyone, which was the quote they used at the beginning and then they used it at the end of the piece as well, which was about how he knew people that liked Star Wars were going to connect with this series, but he didn't expect people's kids to sit down on the couch next to them and watch it with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And from watching a behind the scenes documentary on Elf, which John Favreau also did, um, how important family is to him. And John touched on it when he was talking our John, John Hoey talked about it when he was talking about uh, his dad. And I think it is important to him to create stories that families can bond over. And you see that in Jungle Book. You see that in The Lion King. You saw that here in The Mandalorian and with a movie like Elf. And I think he's realizing how important The Mandalorian is, not just to Star Wars, but to families during a time like right now where they need these hopeful, fun stories every week to light in a time that can be very tense and stressful and uh, a little depressing, you know? So it's really nice to see that he's getting the payoff of seeing that families are bonding over his uh, creative work. Uh, And just a side note, he once again mentions how he's so grateful that both baby Yoda, AKA Grogu and Luke Skywalker didn't leak. And I, once again, we'll make the pitch to stop leaking stuff. It's not fun. It's not cool. All you're doing is hurting the creators. There I am. There, there I go. am with that. <laughs> go ahead, James. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that being said, I mean, there's not really too much more that I can add. I, I 100% agree with what you guys are saying there. Um, it's a fascinating video. Go check it out if you haven't seen it already. Um, there is also one with Pedro Pascal where he's talking a little bit as well. Um, but I think that pretty much wraps up the big stories. We did want, Mm -hmm. there were a couple other things that we wanted to talk about really quickly. Bad batch officially getting an announcement for may the 4th that will be, uh, coming then. Um, I think that was originally kind of a, um, mistake by collider or something kind of leaking that, but then it got officially announced. Yeah. Yeah. A little early, but a little hiccup maybe. But uh, but yes, it is now coming on May fourth, which is cool. I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, specifically oh, on that day, a lot of celebration. Start sending in if you want. Uh, ask the resistance questions. Start sending them in the chat now. Uh, Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that'd be a good time. Yep. Um, a couple other things. Uh, Republic Commando, which is uh, a game for you know Xbox, and I think maybe PC too. I'm not really sure. Back in 2005, uh, we had actually talked a little bit about this as a rumor a little bit ago, and uh, it officially got announced that it is coming um, as uh, a port, if you will, uh, for PS4 and Nintendo Switch. That's coming in April. Um, so if you were a fan of the game or you're interested in, in just kind of the, um, I, I imagine, like the upscaling of it a little bit, it's not a remake, um, but they are bringing it to a current system. If you want to go back and play it, revisit it, uh, maybe for the first time, uh, that will be available to you in April. And nice. I'm going to assume also, too, that it is not, they're not making it canon. They're just, you know, uh-huh. having yeah. some fun with it. 
Um, last, but I know Lacey will say not least is the Hasbro reveals electronic (laughs) first order stormtrooper helmet. Uh, this thing's going to cost you about 99 bones. Um, but, uh, it is a very good replica. Hasbro is very, uh, excited about it. And, uh, Lacey were actually, (laughs) Lacey's kind of dabbling in, in writing reports on, uh, Star Wars Newsnet. She actually wrote up this article. So if you want to go check it out, dabbling. Um, Late Lacey, did you pre-order this? I did. She did. <laughs> and she people did. immediately and people are immediately like, wow, you must have a lot of money. No, I'm just irresponsible. Uh Lacey, yeah. what it's what would crazy. your what would your stormtrooper ID be? Well, it'd have to be either TK or FN. Uh or TZ, obviously. How about LG? There's no LGs. There's only FNs, TKs. You can do uh, anything Life's Good you actually makes televisions, so there are LGs. I don't know yeah. what mine would be. Maybe people can suggest what it would be, but I'm getting it in September. But yeah, no, this was an exclusive reveal from Hasbro for Star Wars Newsnet, which is pretty exciting. So we got yeah. the details on it. It has, you know, movie accurate look. It has adjustable inside, so you can adjust it to your head. It has mm-hmm. a voice distorter, so it you sound like a stormtrooper in the movie for The Last Jedi specifically, which I found interesting that they made it specific to the last jedi but that's fine um and then it runs 99.99 with tax from hasbro pulse which is where i got it it was about 104 dollars um, that is weird in September. i feel like last jedi had the least amount of stormtroopers in it all it had was those executor ones really which were like the cool new stormtroopers but and they didn't uh, even yeah, execute anybody yeah, it's the last Jedi, well, and they uh, also had different d- helmet designs too. So yeah. it would, there was distinction between them. But mm. I mean, there were obviously it is super cool. I'm excited. The last Jedi. Yeah. But. So I have, you know, I already pre-ordered the Mando helmet from them, so that's coming this spring, and nice. then I have the Stormtrooper one coming. Uh, the big. Yeah, guess, so obviously, okay. you guys know I'm a collector. The so Armando, my ad ad was my recent like kind of white whale of what I everybody has yes. that thing that they're looking for. Right, right now, it's currently the Black Series voice changing Kylo Ren helmet is the one I'm Ooh. looking for, which is a hard one to find. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's exciting. And they also released a Bad Batch figure reveal mm-hmm. with pre-order, which was I believe Wrecker is the name of the Bad Batch yes. character. Comes and with a bunch of weapons. Pointing and stuff. to the the artwork, uh, you know, and what it's shown, and mm-hmm. maybe that mm-hmm. it's confirmation that certain uh, ships were going to show up and stuff. If you want to look into that, you know, you can g- go dive through the leaks. And Very stuff. cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, that is that is officially it for Resistance Report. I'm going to click back over to live, John. This show is only possible because of uh, a good handful of people. Um, who, yeah, who are we talking man. about? Yeah, well, yeah. If if you do want to support what we do here at TRB, because we do have a lot of big plans for this year and beyond. Uh, we're even already talking about stuff for 2022, believe it or not. Uh, go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Uh, you can support us any tier you want. Tier start at two bucks. That gives you full page access to the resistance base. We do 10 mini episodes every month. Uh, it gets a little wacky over there, sometimes a little revealing uh, into our lives. But we also do our commentaries over there. We have The Last Jedi coming up soon. We do Mandalorian commentaries. Yeah. We have a Discord chat for Tier 3 and up. Ask anybody who's in our Discord, commanders, admirals, and generals. It is like pre-when The Last Jedi came out, Star Wars. Party. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you like. 
how you like your Star Wars. It's a family. Everyone gets along. It's a great place. And it's a, it's a, it's um, a testament to everyone involved in our community. And we really appreciate mm-hmm. that. So anyway, go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. If you'd like to support us, we really appreciate it. If not, no worries, but I do want to say a special thank you to our Patreon generals, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Beer Fett, Bethany, Russ Harbison, Kendall Gellner, Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Jeff Connery, Oliver Lewis, Dave Hornack, Frank Grande, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you all so much Thank you for all of your support. It means a great deal to us. And now we're going to hear from all of you in the live chat sending in some uh, hopefully cool Star Wars questions. And we're going to fire through, I don't know, until we get tired of it. Let's, go, let's get them going here. <laughs> Never tired. Never. All right, first up we... Oh, oh. sorry. <laughs> first up, we have the kind of vacants. Mark, thank you for the super chat. He says, do you think there will be an actual book in the book of Boba Fett? If so, what could it be? John, do you think there's an actual book? Do I think there's an actual book in the book? I don't think Boba Fett is a big reader. So no, I don't think so. <laughs> it will be funny if he does read a book, though. I, I think Boba one. Fett does audiobooks in his in his little helmet. That is pretty crazy, though, to think the show is called The Book of Boba Fett. And it's like, that's neat. And it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like a nickname. But like if it I mean, they really called it that it does raise the question of what is the book of Boba Fett? Sure. Yeah. Is there an old Western called like The Book of Something, maybe? I don't know, but we have a question from Spoonie One who asks, how much of a fan of Favreau are you, John? I mean, where do you stand on Iron Man 2, for example? Mm. I like Iron Man 2. I like Iron Man 2 a lot, actually. Um, That means he's a blind fan. Yeah, totally. I am a big Favreau fan, even uh, the movie Made, which I believe was his first uh, directorial debut in 2001 with Vince Vaughn. It was kind of like a sister movie to swingers it was both of them kind of playing similar type of characters and they were involved with the mob but uh, it's a very underrated funny movie so check out made uh and uh, swingers i was a huge fan of swingers uh, in high school i love i love those stories about a group of friends and it's always about the dynamic and the relationship and that over plot is always a winner for me and that's why i'm a big john kasdan fan uh, but yeah he's it's a no he's a he's a no miss for me for most part and elf too i mean geez talk about making a holiday classic in a post 2000 world uh he absolutely crushed it with that and uh did a fantastic job so yeah i'm a massive john favreau fan i actually thought elf was was his first one i did not yeah made made Nice. Lacey, what do we got? Next, we have a super chat from Tech Stevo. Thank you for the hey. super chat who said, enjoying the live shows, recently joined on Patreon, Thank and you. it is so worth supporting you guys. Steve, thanks, Thank man. You. Awesome. Appreciate it, buddy. Really, Thank you. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Let me see if we got some more questions. Is what is cooler, Star Wars socks or Star Wars hat? Oh. As a lady, I'm a lady. Uh, it takes a lot of time to do my hair sometimes. So I'm going to go with socks because they don't mess up my hair what but about i Star do Wars enjoy a good slippers they're still on the thing john yeah yeah i'm, gonna, gonna, sell them the on, I'm gonna sell them on ebay for like a thousand dollars no you're not do the noise no I'm not. <laughs> what about you james um, socks or hat so here's the thing is i have a large 
amount of Star Wars socks that are like those novelty socks, and I just don't ever wear them. They're always so thin, and as soon as you put them on, the characters like stretch out and stuff. I'm like, mm. I'm just not into this. I started thinking about hats. I'm not usually like a hat person, but I think I love like, a baseball give me the hat. right like if you give me the right beanie or something, like if it was like a, a warm hat, I'd, I'd, I'd get down in a Star Wars hat for sure. I'm going hat on this one. Yeah, I'd have nice. to go hat. Yeah. Solid. Up next, we have another super chat from Christian. Thank you, Christian. They wow. said, John, <laughs> will you open your copy of Fallen Order before it gets a sequel? If you have, how long will it take that to open? <laughs> I haven't opened it yet. <laughs> I'll open it right now. I love that all the questions are coming for John right now. I'm doing, so I did an unsleeving video of my solo uh, vinyl record, and that took a while, so Lacey had to edit it. So it's open now. It is it, open. Oh, wow. On on air. Look at that. On air. I have opened Special. it just for you, Chris. And now I have to uh, play it, I guess. So good, yeah. thing I have a, good thing I have a new child coming in a few days. Uh, plenty of time to play a new video game. It's pretty cool. Great. You get to play as Archie from Riverdale. Um, it's great. Oh, my God. Terrible oh, go, I see what you did there. Next is Brian Ward, who asks, favorite Stormtrooper helmet? I really like the First Order ones. The Sith Troopers right. are cool, but they didn't do much. So I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go specific. FN 2003, the guy that puts the blood splatter mm -hmm, on mm -hmm, Finn's mm -hmm. helmet. That's the action figure I have from John, John Boyega that I had signed. Slips. I like, uh, yeah, I like the, the, the helmet with the blood splatter. And I see that sometimes at conventions and I'm like, that's so clever. The blood hand. The kind of it's castaway Wilson it's, hand. It's Wilson. Yeah, it's Wilson. Um, I, I think it's so cool. First of all, uh, Brian, I think you're awesome. Second of all, uh, I'm going boring style USA here and going with the classic bulky, clunky, blue striped down by the mouth uh, Stormtrooper helmet. The old, <laughs> the old school TK 421 variety. James, gosh, man, there, there's so many good ones. Um, my gut initially was uh, Phasma because of the chrome. Um, although, if he was a live action character, I think um, Pyre because it's it's basically Phasma but gold. It's pretty sweet. I'm surprised you didn't say Death Trooper, man. Yeah, no, I I like the Death Troopers, but actually, like. There's a lot going on with their helmet that I'm not a fan of. And I, I do prefer like a clean um, first order helmet uh, hmm. more than anything else. Even when it comes to like the clones and stuff, uh, there's a lot of variations there. And at the end of the day, they all seem very complex, convoluted, if you will. Um, and I really like the clean first order style. All right, next up we have a super chat from Rick. Hey, Rick, how's it going? He said, James, scale of oh. 1 to 10, how was Victory's price? Um, I, okay, I haven't officially rated it because I do that when we're getting ready to go into book discussions, which is coming next oh. Tuesday. But if I, had to, if I had to jump right now, I'm going to say... No, 8.5. <laughs> I'm going to say 8.5. 8.5. 8. 
Yeah, it's good, guys. I I can say that now. It's uh, Alexander Freed at his best. Um, I was not a fan, and throughout the Alphabet Squadron, they just got increasingly better. This is the best one. So if you you read the first one or you read Shadowfall, uh, get excited. It's about to get really good. Um, I I like how everything wrapped up. It's great. Yeah, you're going to like it. Hmm. Next up, we have Christian, a different Christian. Hello, different Christian, new Christian. Uh, Christian asks, do you think they're testing out the High Republic audience via books and comics to eventually decide to make a High Republic series? Parenthesis, not inc- not counting Acolyte. Well, John, not, what do you I think? I mean, they are. <laughs> uh, I don't think they're doing it as a test because they're, they've done series that didn't have anything before it that they put out. Mm-hmm. So... I think it was a venture that they were doing. Um, I, I still think that there may have been an original connection to the Benioff and Wise thing based on what they said they were doing, their, what their plans were. Because um, they had said of hundreds of years before the prequels or whatever with the Jedi, you know, come on. But yeah, I, I think this was its own venture and anything that spawns from it is a uh, merit to the success of it. So uh, yeah, I don't think they'll, they're, putting all this time, all this effort. I mean, publishing is a years and years project, especially for something like this that has to have all these books having some kind of connectivity to it. It's a huge process. And to, to so it, it wouldn't be created and used as some sort of test. It, it's a big undertaking to do this sort of thing. Um, it's not on the scale of a production, a movie production with the, those types of dollars, but in terms of the work and the effort and the time it takes and the, the people involved and, and all that, it's it's not something you do that's just sort of sort of a test. So no, I, not in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think they're testing it. Um, but it is it's kind of unfair to the acolyte here in this situation, Christian, because it's like, well, do you think they're you know, going to make a High Republic series, you know, based on the success or failure of the the books and comics? Not counting the one that they are doing, you know, it's like, well, they yeah. are doing it, you know. So I feel like you are getting your High Republic live action show don't discount that and think there's going to be another one um that's the one right yeah speaking of series Mm -hmm. loco four pack hello asks which movie or live action (laughs) series would you want to see first old republic 2k bby or several hundred years after the rise of skywalker i'm gonna start with you james would you like is that a loco four pack or is that a four loco pack I have no idea. I think, no, I think, no, he, so his profile picture is the Green Bay Packers. He's saying he's crazy for the Packers. Oh, yeah. That's probably true. Love That's it. That is, the, yeah. James, what, um, what do you think? Create very far in the future or very far in the past? Oh, my gosh. Um, I think, I mean, you got to go with what Hollywood does. It, it's, it's more likely that it would be very far in the, the past. Um, would I want to see? I, I think it would be interesting. I think it would be interesting to to shoot way far into the future and then start doing your prequels, which is really realistically these sequels now. Um, so I, I think that could be cool. But uh, I think if there is a chance of which one they're going to do, it's going to be the past one because that's just how Hollywood works. John uh, past, I think, because the idea of 2000 years back is more intriguing to me than 200 years forward. Nice. Next, we have Dale. Dale asks, would it break Star Wars if Boba Fett looks in the camera, closes uh, the book of Boba Fett with? I want I bet you're wondering how I got here. 
based on Rick's comment. <laughs> what was Rick's comment? I, I'm not sure what Rick's comment uh, was. About, but, uh, uh, but I get um, like the point of yeah. looking at the camera. It would be silly. It would be over it would the top. Be, yeah, it'd be jumping That'd... the shark for sure. Yeah. We do have another super chat from Frank. Thank hey, you, Frank, Frank, who asks, who do you think in Star Wars that's a non-Force user dips their <laughs> cookies in blue milk with a fork? I just want everybody to know that John admitted in our Discord <laughs> that he eats Oreos with a fork. But hold on. You have to be clear about this. If I'm grabbing an Oreo and eating it, no fork. If I'm dunking... The way you just ate it, so you eat it like this? Yes. The, so the way you... He's the way like, you if do, I'm eating an Oreo... So you you take the fork, and this is mainly with double stuff because it's easier to do. You, you put the fork prongs into the cream part. So then you have the sandwich around the fork, and you dunk. You're, you fully submerge your Oreo. Your fingers don't get dirty. Your milk doesn't get full of your, your fingers... And you eat your Oreo, and that's the way you go. And I think I've changed the game for a lot of people. And Oreo, what? if you're listening, uh, sponsor the. You pod. didn't invent that. You saw what? that. You saw that. Like I, a hold on. Article. Hold on a minute. I never said I invented it. But James I'm, says you said, he invented I just the game. You're like Remember I just changed James the game said, for a lot of people. <laughs> I, I'm introducing when James them said to he, it. He invented Reese's s'mores. Oh, <laughs> when yeah, James, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. There's a difference. <laughs> I didn't say I'm I invented saying, it. I'm saying I changed the game for those people. I passed on vital information. Like, yeah. you, like, like R2-D2 changed the game for the Rebellion by passing on information to the Death Star. He didn't say, hey, I, I created this information. He's passing it on. I'm R2-D2 here, and I'm changing the game so you could <laughs> explode the Death Star with your Oreos in This your is mouth. coming from the same dude that poured a bunch of Reese's Pieces into a bowl and ate it with milk. <laughs> I have done that. That's dirtbag mode. Though. That's different. Um, no, jo John, you, but what I'm saying is d you didn't come up with the idea on your own. Even knowing not. if you, if no, you were not I saw the first it on person a, to see it, you no, saw it. No, no. Like, it was on a life, a life hack. It was on a yes. life hack. Uh, yeah, I but. never saw somebody say, try making s'mores with Reese's cups. I thought that on my own and did it. And then I'm telling you, years later, listen it to started me. being more popular and you see it now. I, I will tell you right now, we're going to see more people talking about it, though, in this circle, in this space, people using forks with certain foods or stuff like Seinfeld with the fork and knife thing. You're going to start seeing more I, I people talking about dunking their Oreos. Yeah, I don't dunk, man. It's not that I it's not that it doesn't happen. It happens sometimes. I eat the cookie. I drink the milk. It's a crispy, smooth combination. It's not a soggy thing anymore. I take it. Put better. it all the way in the milk so that all the air leaves it, and then I eat it. That's what you See, do. You 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 take your fork situation. No 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 no. If you submerge your Oreo and wait till the bubbles stop, aka your Oreo is officially drowned and is out of life, then you lift out of the cup. It is not as long as you do it immediately after the bubbles stop. You yes. will still have a pristine yes. Oreo on your fork. It's timing. No, Precise. it's not falling apart. Time. I'm not saying it's falling apart. I'm saying Precise it's soggy. It's I like the crisp. It's like Ray with the blaster the door in Force Awakens, where she's like, "If anybody takes anything away from this episode, <laughs> the most, <laughs> most debated question you're using, <laughs> Frank, <laughs> fork, fork, Oreo dunking. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ben Bamboo. Hey, Ben asks, uh, would you prefer a solo series on Disney Plus or a Lando Han team-up series on Disney? And if Glover doesn't come back, who would you cast as Lando? John, I'm going to let you answer this one. I mean, Ooh. I prefer a solo series, Han and Chewie uh, at the forefront. And if 
other people pop in. Cool. But I'll take what I can get as long as I get Han and Chewie. To me, makes a little too happen. For, for me personally, it's always been Han and Chewie. I know for, it means a lot of things to a lot of people, and I, that's cool with me. But for mm-hmm. me, it's always been Han and Chewie. Um, and I don't think they're going to make Lando without Glover. So Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. It's just weird so. that they haven't announced it with him yet. But yeah. again, he just signed on to like a whole Amazon Mr. and Mrs. Smith series with uh, Phoebe. Money Waller. talks. And yeah. it's a matter of, yeah. Next up is Dave Hornack with a super chat. Thank you, Dave, a.k.a. Indie Dave. He says, first of all, you three rock. Secondly, you three rock. Dave, you rock. Thanks, buddy. Dave, you're saying Two this rocks. after we talked about dunking Oreos for about six minutes. <laughs> I, think, I think that, look... If I had a beer, I would cheers you, Dave. I see you use the beer emoji. But if you go to Celebration in 2022, we will cheers beers for sure. We're going to have to bring Oreos to the bar now. Like, this is like a whole thing. Remember when I took that with those people's cake? What What if we do, a, if we get a <laughs> podcast panel again, what if we just hum Oreos into the crowd? Remember oh. that? A, life before COVID, I took a half-eaten cake from the 501st and was like eating it. Oh, it was like that's right. Cake. I forgot about that. It was yeah. a very good cake. It was a very good cake. Brian Ward wants to know, or he just says golden Oreos are better than regular Oreos. And that's a lie. Oh, and we, yeah, we didn't answer Frank's question. I would say Padme. uh, Oh, right. Who would eat it with a fork? Because she sniped the floating pear out of the air with a fork. So why wouldn't she dip her Oreos with a fork? I think it would Mm -hmm. be a character you wouldn't expect to do it. And that would be the joke is like, they'd turn and they'd be like, like, 3PO, 3PO would do it. And then he would die because he had chocolate and milk inside his metal body. He's not like a dog that can't eat chocolate. Well, he's a robot who would probably fry his circuits. Would it though? I would say I would say Qui Gon. I would say there'd be a scene no, no, where Obi Wan's like non, dunking it. He, he said non force user. Non force user, probably like oh, Lando. Oh, oh Lando's Kira, a great pick. Or Kira would Can't, do I it, and Han would be Obi-Wan like, "Where would you be learn dunking, that?" And Qui Gon would would know how to do it properly or something, but. <laughs> Non forces. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Let's get. Uh, let's do two more questions. Unless we have more super chats, but uh, stop. Hold yeah. the press. Reese's pieces in a bowl with milk. Get the <laughs> f out. <laughs> That's called dirtbag mode. Twenty one. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the Oreo. But if you had Reese's for- puff cereal, but you added Reese's pieces in it. Hey. Whatever works. By the way, it's Reese's <laughs> yeah, Frank, pieces, Frank goes, not Reese's pieces. <laughs> Frank goes, I love how they didn't answer my question, but went on a fork dipping rant. Yes, that's what happens here is we forget your question. Remember, guys, the fork awakens. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Brian's jumping in on the John train with this forking guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fork right. awakens. That's our, that's our next design, James. The fork the awakens. The fork awakens. Now remember that before anyone else takes it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to look for one last question. Oh, here it is. Is this an American thing? <laughs> I guess is the Oreo fork thing an American thing? Uh, not that I don't know. I, 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 that's a good question. I think it's a uh, it's an Instagram thing. It's like a Pinterest post or and something. And Michael said, "Wow, definitely a game changer." I'm doing that's what I'm that. Saying. That's what I'm saying. John, okay, you get... change people's lives. Who's going to be the last? <laughs> Who's going to be? Yeah, you deserve Ford. a medal. I think we got to end with this. How do you top this Oreo conversation? I don't know if we can. Yeah, maybe that's it. So, um, yeah. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of the resistance. Um, if you 
have friends who like Star Wars, spread the word. We are going to probably do some more live shows in the future. We're not saying we're going to do them all the time, but we're testing the waters here. And we always have stuff going on behind the scenes and our brains are always moving in terms of what direction we want to go in. But thanks for all of you who joined us live. Uh, make sure you do subscribe to the show, whether you're right here on the channel. Uh, we did pass 6,000 subscribers recently. In my opinion, that's criminally low. Uh, let's try to get to 10,000 before May the 4th. I know that's impossible, but never tell us the odds. Uh, but if you are uh, an audio preferred person, you can also subscribe there or do both Spotify, Apple podcast, Podbean, Amazon music, anywhere you get your podcast, starwarsnewsnet.com for all of your star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey talking about my Oreos, uh, <laughs> and at starwarsnewsnet.com. And my movie podcast, just like the movies, you can find it on all podcast apps. We're doing RoboCop next. We did Clerks recently. It's a good time. Non-Star Wars, palate cleanser, fun stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Lacey, where can people uh, find you uh, breaking exclusive merchandise news? <laughs> Shut up. First of all, if you <laughs> guys love coffee and you want to support uh, – the podcast as well as a small business you can check out weird brothers coffee we have a coffee we designed with him like the three of us actually picked it and everything it mm -hmm. isn't just like oh we like this coffee we actually helped make the coffee happen uh and yeah. designed it and everything so yeah. uh, i'm gonna put a link in the chat right now but if you want to check that out you can go to weirdbrotherscoffee.com and then just go into the different types of coffee it's called the resistance brew Yep. which John cleverly came up with. Well, um, and if you, follow, if you follow us here on the YouTube channel, you can see other cool stuff like the rumor and theory review, which is coming soon. We have an unboxing from John. I have a couple Lacey's Outposts coming as well as the book discussions with James. And then if you guys are following the Schmodown at all, I have my first match coming up on March 18th. Oh, you'll get to see if I oh. know Star Wars or not. Well, not really. Yes. I mean, yeah, you, know, you know, Star Wars. <laughs> uh, if I know like weird things about Star Wars, you guys get to go yes. root me on there. Uh, so thank you for your support with that. But you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. And yes, I did get a haircut. Thank you so much for noticing. All right. Very good. <laughs> uh, James. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Mark Trunks. And as Lacey was saying before, uh, we're getting ready to do our book discussion and what happened in video for the upcoming Alphabet Squadron uh, Victory's Price. Uh, that's dropping on Tuesday, as is the book. So I know it's a little bit one of those things where it's like, ah, did the book just came out. How am I, What am I supposed to do here? But a lot of times people want the... Uh, want to know what happened because they don't plan on reading the book. So it's a perfect uh, video. Um, there, there's two there, one where we kind of discuss the book and another where we just kind of strictly tell you what happened. So keep an eye out for that and uh, read the book. It's a good book. Check it out. Yes. And everyone keep using make solo Two happen on your social media apps, pick up a mm -hmm. shirt, pick up a pin, spread the word because social media isn't everything. It's actually a very small part of things. We have a limited supply of the pins, teespring.com slash make solo Two happen pin. They're still there. Um, and the next time, once they're gone, we'll probably be celebration maybe. Um, but we want to thank uh, everyone for listening, watching. We'll be back on Monday morning with another episode right here on Re the resistance broadcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you around, kids. Bye.